It's an 87th Precinct bonus episode. The bonus episode attached to our main podcast, which was about Ed McBain's 20th 87th Precinct novel, Doll. And our bonus episodes, well, they've got a format all of their own. Mainly the format is... Huffington. Book Huffington and the Huffers play their (laughs) greatest hit... Or rather, Steve-O smells the books and reports in on the various I know, I know, aromas. I know, I know for an absolute fact that is a highlight for <laughs> many in the series. It's, yeah, we've had lots of letters. <laughs> Although, for the first time, we've already huffed one of the books before, because Morgan's got a... Um, I feel like omnibus? I might have had another omnibus. I think we've had double, double editions. Yeah, before. I've had double huffing before. Possibly, oh, yeah. I've um, we I've never, you've never, you've never double huffed a triple omnibus. Yeah. <laughs> no triple huff. Yeah, there'll be a triple huff next time. I'm... A trough. Well, it'd be interesting. You have to make sure you smell the bit of the book that where this it's story is. Oh, might smell different. Point, yeah. yeah, but anyway, the point is the huffing book. The is book one huffing. Thing we do. Is an aside to us actually looking at the covers, the covers of, of the, the various books, books that yeah. we've got, and then the and then old we just, books on your bits yeah. of paper. Old books on maybe Argosy, um, and that's about it, really. Yeah. Isn't it? Rambling about Carry On films, which British I cannot believe that... we've not mentioned yet, but <laughs> well, now we have, so now. That, that's out the way. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, and then well, there we go. Yeah, let's have a look at the covers of the editions that we've right, got. So we'll start with. We'll put these all on the Instagram and, and Twitter and the well, like. Morgan's is useless because it's an omnibus. It's useless. So. We've discussed it before well, we have. if there was Stop. ever a, a title for a great cover... Doll, is it? This is the book, isn't it? So well, Morgan's... Morgan's yeah. that down a bit. Just, just got the standard 87th Precinct shield. With the A-team writing. Yeah, with the A-team font, um, as it's uh, popularly known. Stencil. And it, it, it does the trick. Not really relevant to this novel above any of the others but you wouldn't expect it to be well I've got a pan edition from let's have a look when's my pan because we both got pans and they've, they've, they're very similar lots of pan both, editions from here both on, on the spine and rear uh, this is the 1976 pan when's mine yours? is third printing 1979 which so, is why I've got the shiny gold McBain mm, right ah, the right but they both got different dolls on the front of them. They have. I thought mine was scary enough, which is horizontal doll face. Looking, was that a gangster? Looking blankly I remember, upwards. I remember the Wu-Tang Clan, possibly. <laughs> yeah. A bit in a deceased, creepy fashion. Now, that is bad enough, but Paul's is absolutely terrifying. Is it because it looks slightly more alive uh. that it's... More like the uncanny valley thing. Well, it's waving at us for starters, so that's bad. It's got big eyelashes, a weird expression, and quite strange hair. I think when we were discussing this earlier, you made quite an apt sort of movie reference to yeah. the two different dolls. So, so my, mine's a bit more like you would see maybe in the movie Deep Red by Dario Argento, of whom we talked about his suspiria a little while we ago. We did. So creepy enough, but yours looks like something out of a video nasty that was, oh, that was banned yeah. for 20 years. Yeah. That, that's it's pretty, sort that, of like a spin-off from Child's Play or something yeah, like that. that that's, that's creepy. <laughs> but the covers are great, really, because we, we're quite often disappointed with the covers, aren't we? But this, this a literal connection visually works. I think it's because they know that there is something 
fundamentally creepy about dolls. If you're not a kid playing with <laughs> them, they look very strange yeah. and out of context against a stark black background or something like that. They could, with the shadow on the face. Well, I was reading this on the train the other day. If people looked over and you're reading this, they'd be like, what the <laughs> is that all about? Yeah. So, so that's quite good in that regard. But, you know, good old reliable pan editions. Can't uh-huh. argue with that. We'll have a look at the uh, original editions, which I'm showing to the gentleman now. Jesus, Nora, what? <laughs> Jesus, oh, Nora. This one's even worse. <laughs> The Hamish Hamilton UK hardback 1966 is absolutely terrifying. Well, they've added, as well as the doll, they've got the terrified child just to... Yeah, so it's actually a reenactment of the uh, events of the first chapter. Also some some very groovy 1966-type writing going on there, too. It's got a nice sort of Austin (laughs) Powers-esque... Look to the to the doll. Maybe a bit of a nod to the sort of counterculture element that that might play yeah. a little bit of background in the story, or maybe they just thought it looked cool. What's yeah. th- what's what's this half? Is that a doll? I think right. So the original hardback edition, which is in, so this is the second of the Delacorte press books, is I think it's a split half a between model. half the model's face and half a doll's yeah. face. So oh, doll's. both of the uses of doll there. The same goes for the Dell paperback, but it's a bit more. Clear and and, yeah. and less of graphic design, although it's quite nice graphic. Quite design. like the font on that. Yeah, it's this, a nice looking one. That this one's. Uh... It wasn't published in paperback in the UK until the Penguin edition in mm. 1969. But it's a bit of a strange one. The front of that, it's it's. I can't really see what's going on there. Some blinds, mm. windows, a, 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 some tower blocks, and what's... a blood stain is there as well. Is blood, that blood stain that looks fair, and there's some eyes. Well, that yeah, doesn't make much sense, that one. Well, if I hold it up here, does it become a face? No. Yes? No? It's a bit oh, like a oh. rabbit. It looks a bit like a rabbit. <laughs> this is someone who's not read it. I think it is supposed to be a face, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is a face. I think it might be a doll's face, uh, but with possibly. a city scene in it. But then there's a blind. With some tomato ketchup on it. Nobody has a doll. It looks like a rabbit. Look. Massive rabbit eyes. Tiny <laughs> rabbit mouth. Oh no, that's the thing that's pull it. That, that's. I thought that was the mouth. Well, I thought that was a mouth. Well, if that's a mouth, uh, I don't know any doll that looks like that. <laughs> looks like a rabbit or Darth Vader. I'll make sure I put these up on the Instagram <laughs> or Twitter before we release this, so you can compare and understand what the heck we're talking a about. A rabbit or well. Darth Vader. <laughs> That, that's strange. They're, They're making that film, I think. That, that's strange. They're okay. That one's very terrifying. Yours is incredibly terrifying, and mine's just creepy. And Morgan's is an, an omnibus and a bit boring. Yeah, the doll on the front of the Hamish Hamilton edition is, is makes it worse as well, because it's got a really weird pinched yeah. face to as well. And if they'd have edited it, it could be quite funny, this one, in that if you didn't have the hand there, it would look like the... Like, I'll show you. Go it, on. it looked like the doll has a massive right hand. <laughs> <laughs> Just some very strange perspective trick. Jeremy Beadle doll. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, he's not going to complain about it, I is suppose it? he's not, no. <clears throat> so there you go. It's always interesting looking at the different editions. Uh, I couldn't find many foreign editions of doll. I don't normally, like try and dredge up every single foreign edition oh. but actually I think there's some something weird with the publishing history of Doll that it's not appeared in every country and every territory oh. I don't know why possibly I just haven't found the, the the correct ones but whereas I've seen most of like the Italian editions and most mm. of the 
Japanese editions. I've not been able to find versions of doll, but it may just be that I'm looking for the wrong thing. So anyway, I'll make sure those are up on, on the Twitter, as I have said. We have got a couple of questions here. Yeah, right. Something that is relevant to the topic we discussed, the 8th Precinct and something unrelated. Our friend Adam Paxman, he of the Star Trek episode, mm-hmm. was he had, well, he had several questions, but I think basically what he's asking overall here is, as the, well, he says, as the city is such a key character, are there any telltale signs of 60s-ness at this midpoint, architecture, fashion, culture, otherwise? And he wonders about sort of, I think he's basically trying to say, can you tell it's the 60s? Can you tell it's the 60s? Book? Yeah, essentially is what he's asking. Well, I mean, with the little photographic portfolio in this, there's certainly some hints yeah. of 60s-ness going on there, I'd say. Yeah, those, yeah, those, that's undoubtedly of the time. Not a massive amount in this. Some, some definitely are very much of their time, aren't they? Mm. We've had a, quite a few where there's sort of he's come across musicians and people people like that who use sort of slang. Yeah. But a lot of that's quite jazzy and that feels like it could be anything from the 30s to the... That's you know, true, yeah. To now, probably. I'm sure there's still people talking that hepcat talk. He, he, when he's describing Tinker Sacks, he very much describes your, your twiggy... Yeah, Gene Shrimpton kind of... 60s yeah. model. You're in no doubt of... As but he to doesn't what she looks like in your mind. But he didn't know so. at the time that he was he was writing something that would later be like an archetype of the sixties. He's just describing what was going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So you're reading it now. It, it it doesn't sound like anything from the fifties or the seventies. Put it that way. Mm. So maybe this isn't the best example of. No, but um, I think one of his skills with the, these books, and we've said it when people ask you which one should I start with, and you think, well, do, where do you drop in? Is it the the time and the setting that could be difficult to get hold of. Actually, because he makes you feel like you're there with human beings, if you were whisked in a time machine back to 1965, you'd be more bothered about having been whisked in a time machine than you would be dealing with the differences between now and then, Hmm. because it was not that different. It was just people going around their day-to-day life, their lives, just because you don't have mobile phones doesn't mean it is an absolutely foreign country. Mm -hmm. You would still get in a car to drive somewhere. There's still offices for modelling agencies. There's still elevators. There's still people living, you know. At no point does do you have a sequence where um, Corella thought he better t- drop into the local go-go club to check out, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's certainly rare that there's anything that really kind of very much kind of stamps the time like absolutely definitively on on the novel there's there's like odd little details that will pass yeah. by but nothing massive most of the time um I'm trying to think i'm sure there are some examples where there'll be the odd one which is absolutely forever just nailed in one place by something that happens frumious bandersnatch perhaps yeah. um probably not too many others I always shiver when you say Frumius Bandersnatch. It's not because I don't, the phrase Frumius Bandersnatch, because I understand the context that that's mm. from. It's just how it's used in the book. Yeah. Yeah, and, and some of the things that happened in the, in the police procedures, like the Miranda rights, which haven't kicked in yet, yeah. in, in these, that means things have to be a certain time. But you wouldn't know, generally, people mm. wouldn't know that that was a thing that happened in 71 or whatever mm. it was. I suppose the ones we had with the street gangs and all that, they, they're... It'd be reflective of their time to some extent, but yeah, yeah, I think so. And sort of, yeah, things that were current concerns, I Mm. guess. 
But yeah, I think it's interesting. I just, I think they they seem sort of timeless, but oh, yeah. you can appreciate them as as documents of their time. Yeah, there's enough, but there's a light touch to it. Yeah, because he's living through it, and we're reading it back. But he's living through it. The characters are living through it. It's mm. you know, it's interesting. But I think it does. If you if you wanted to look closely, like in this story we've just read, that thing with the modelling agency having a really trendy office where you can't tell mm. where the the door starts and the wall ends and that sort of stuff. That's quite a 60s sort of thing. But you'd have to sort of retrofit your mind to, mm. to imagine it. Mm. So it could be absolutely fabulous, you know, type stuff. Mm. And we did get a question about our from our friend Andrew about the NFL. <laughs> I think I'd mentioned something about it and he was asking about how popular the NFL was over here and I was I was telling him a bit about how the matches over here always sell out and things like that. They yep. go down very well. But the question he was asking was, how do we choose our NFL teams? <laughs> oh. And it's, you know, on the whole, we're not a massively sporty podcast. Steve-O is much more of a sports fan than Morgan and I combined, I think. <laughs> but I think we've all got an NFL team. Mm-hmm. So what's yours, Steve? What's your story? Well, mine's the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I picked those because they're clearly the best. <laughs> and, uh... Fighting talk straight off the bat. No, I can't remember really. Watching them with my dad in the eighties on Channel Four. So you've got a little connection there. Yeah, too. and I, in the depths of time, decided probably like the uh, the logo. Yeah, I suspect. Simple as that. Uh, and they were very dominant in the seventies, which is a great period of time. So yeah, yeah something as daft as that, I would think. But uh, yeah, too long ago that I can't really remember. You just, I think, because they were a bit in the doldrums in the eighties as well, so they were very successful. Then. Sometimes you just, you just feel it, don't you, when you, yeah. when you're younger or, or whatever, or you make, so, or you make a decision, and, and it being the nature of things, you feel like you've got to stick with it. So you get a lot of fans. Don't want to be a glory hunter. You get a lot of fans in this country who watched it then, who will be like 49ers fans or yeah. Redskins Dolphins. or Dolphins, Del- Dolphins yeah. because they were, you know, the uh, 49ers really, Bill Walsh. Well, uh, yeah, or at the time, a lot of people liked the Raiders just because they they looked kind of cool and because yeah, that you know, logo, didn't they? Yeah, if you, if if you're into hip hop, then then you probably like the Raiders just because you wanted to be public enemy. There's a car, someone <laughs> further down the road that I live on, who's it's they've got the um, it's like a, a jeep, oh, and yeah. their tire cover is the oh, Oakland yeah, I've, Raiders. I've, I've seen that around, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cover. So, what was your? Pick. What's your NFL team? Uh, my NFL team is the Seahawks. Mm. Again, going back to when Channel Four started showing um, highlights in the eighties, and I, I watched it. I didn't really have a team at the time. I just sort of watched everyone be kind of generally entertained by it. But I, I definitely didn't want to be one someone who just supported one of the obvious teams because that, that's not fun, is it? <laughs> and just found a, a Seahawks replica shirt in in my size in a charity shop. Goodwill, I guess, for our American listeners. Yeah. Um, oh, in Cumbria. I, yeah, in Cumbria, in, in, in Cockermouth, I think, actually. Um, and in the 1980s. In the 1980s. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, and it, 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 exactly in my size, and it, it was just a sign. So it was meant to be. So yeah, and I thought they had a cool logo, and and again, they were kind of was, very much in the doldrums at the time. Say, so they were fairly garbage then, as well. Yeah. So mm. I, I, I just thought, yeah, there's a team for me, and stuck with them since. Yeah. Wow. My team was so bad in the 80s; they didn't even exist. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I'm fairly a new franchise. Uh, well, fan. I'm a new fan to, and it just happens to be a new franchise in the Carolina Panthers. 
which I decided to choose when we started watching it again. I say recently, I mean within the last five or six years, when we started, the coverage started to get a bit better and we started just getting hooked into watching it a bit more. And it was, I think, the season that Cam Newton first really started to make a massive impact and he was absolutely brilliant. He's sort of been not quite as brilliant since. Still damn good. And also that was about the time I went to America for the first time and I was trying to think, well, I want to pick something from somewhere I've been, but I don't want to pick out Atlanta because I've been to Atlanta and I played a rubbish gig there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the gig wasn't particularly rubbish, but it, it was in, a, in your mind. It was in a smoky bar, and I hadn't been in a bar that was smoky for donkeys years, <laughs> and it was horrible. And it, it was it was a bit underwhelming, so I was like, oh, I'm not picking the Falcons, and. The only other thing I could think that was down that way that I'd been to was Charlotte, where we were getting a plane transfer from. <laughs> but it just so happened that the Carolina Panthers were doing very, very well at the time, and I was really enjoying watching them. And I'd been to Charlotte, so so there you go. The rest is history. The rest is history, mm, as cool. is the chance at the Super Bowl this year, probably. Well, it's getting to crunch time now. Things are going, but who knows? Anyway, so that's the most sport you're going to hear me talk about. I'm not going to let you tell, let Steve-O tell you all about watching the English cricket team win in Sri Lanka, where he was well, a couple was, of weeks ago. very exciting, yeah. <laughs> it was lovely. I bet it was. I bet it was. Should we get on to the other great sport of this world, <laughs> book huffing? Oh, yes, we haven't huffed. We've saved it for late in the, uh, late in the bonus episode this time. He's going in with his oh, own copy. Mile. Peppery. Oh, peppery. <laughs> peppery. Classic black pepper, is that Peppery. Odorless. My edition, odorless. And so, uh, this is the, the second the test. Ooh, totally. It's sweet. Brilliant. Well, yeah, that well. was very, very um, comprehensive, quite quick, <laughs> clinical you, almost. I've got a question for yeah. all. How did we come, how did we decide our favourite book huffer and why? Favourite? Yeah, you know, my favourite, Book Huffington. Oh, your favourite yeah. member of uh, uh, Book, Book Huffington and the Huffers? Yeah, <laughs> and obviously Book Huffington's the best member of Book Huffington and the Huffers. Well, he writes all the material. Well, he does, yeah, and huffs the most. No, I, I'm not really asking that question. Cause no, because it it's, it's weird enough even for us around this table. For anyone <laughs> listening, it'll be absolutely incomprehensible. Hi, new listeners. <laughs> Bye, new listeners. <laughs> Bye, new listeners. Just, I think you underestimate how popular that segment is. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, if I could get the stats to see if there's a, sh- a sharp drop off at that, <laughs> that point, I don't know. Tune in, in. Uh, yeah, people are just skipping forward 15 seconds at a time on they the look, po- podcast app. Where you, where where Steve O smells. Well, d- does it have one of those graphs where you can see? No. So when someone's singing a detailed. song, it goes really high. I bet the, the it peaks when the huffing starts, so you can skip to that point. Sivo's drawing a graph on on my wall <laughs> with his finger. I, no, I'm sorry, Steve, I haven't got the information. But, you know, if you're out there and you appreciate Steve-O's book huffing antics, please do let us know and I'll be sure to, to yeah. pass it on to him. Because I fear without everyone's support, he <laughs> might get ditched from the... Uh, <laughs> Ditched as a segment, which, well, would, be, you know, which would be most sad because uh, I look forward to it. <laughs> Perhaps someone could start a podcast where they 
rate your book offing. <laughs> well, you know, and plen- yeah. plenty of. Uh, There's been podcasts made about worse things. Mm. We could huff. He's anything, really. All England <laughs> speed huffer. <laughs> and the amazing thing is that we're using the word huff completely incorrectly as well mm. in this well, sense. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> but that's another reason why it's so popular. It is. It's, it's wacky really, and zany. Really don't understand it, it is. But it's no, it's bound up in in part of the thing. You know, the the podcast is about Ed McBain and a specific set of books, but we do talk about other books. And part of it is just the love of books in general. Definitely, and one yeah. of those things is the physicality of them. Mm. You can't smell a Kindle. Well, he can, but he could. it doesn't come with some special inbuilt function where it will replicate the smell of an old book. A rubbish huffing subject. I would say a Kindle. Definitely, yeah. Unless yeah. you have a slider on the side of the Kindle that you can select with the, what you're reading. You want to smell like an 1870, badly stored 1870s <laughs> library edition or a brand new off the shelf Thomas and Mercer Amazon yeah. clinically produced edition or something like that. Ah, uh, well, isn't it exciting, eh? <laughs> well, I've run out of notes for things to say now. I mean, you know. Well, uh, yeah. I think after the the drama of the book huffing, uh, where do we go from here? There's only one way. <laughs> yeah, perhaps all's been said and smelt and observed and witnessed. Yeah. Well, so what's the next book? I always ask. The that. next book is oh, eight, eight Eighty Million, million Eyes. eyes. Yeah. yeah. Also, next month is going to be our Christmas episode. I have a feeling that today may be our second birthday. Oh, right. okay. Do you know, you you two talk about something, I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> See if I can find out. God, uh, how many birthdays will we get up to by the time we... Um, twenty, 20 so we've got another 25 to do, so that's about another uh, two and a bit years. We'll probably finish, we could probably finish about Christmas 20... Well, I'll tell you now, I'm, and this will depress the listeners when I tell you <laughs> this. Right, so our first episode came out on the 22nd of the 11th, 2016. Oh, well, there we so that's go. when we when we released it. So this is de- this is officially our our second oh, birthday. Well, happy birthday to us! Happy birthday to us, indeed. If we went entirely to plan, this podcast would conclude on Christmas Day, 2020. No, in October 2021. 2021. Gosh, because there's 55 books in the series, and we've only done 20. So 25 is 25 more months. Yes, but the, we've only done 20 and there's 55 books. So that's 35. Right. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, my ability to subtract a number from another number. It bodes well f- for our darts careers. Failed by a significant... Yeah, I was thinking there was 45. You never know, we might, we might double... So October? October 2021. Well, it will probably miss a couple of months at some point. So yeah, we might finish uh, Christmas. Okay. Have a big old knees up. <laughs> yeah, you're all invited to Steve-O's house in December 2021. <laughs> I'll tell you what we'll do in that episode. I'll huff all 55 in one go. Can one man stand it? We might be too old to take that many breaths in one go. We might get lightheaded. Well, <laughs> Excellent stuff. Well, thank you again, gentlemen, for this enlightening bit of nonsense. Oh, oh yes. Talking about nonsense. In about 25 minutes, Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer's Big Night Out returns to our TV screens. If anyone out there wants to get the measure of us in terms of things that we like that we find funny, I did share on our Twitter feed the 
Pete and Dud art gallery sketch recently. But if you look up anything by Vic and Bob, they are absolute favourites of ours, and I'm so excited that this is on. So let's say goodbye. Uh, goodbye. 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 Goodbye.